Ron Robinson is the founder and CEO of BeautyStat, a beauty influencer platform and insider blog, and now his own brand, BeautyStat Cosmetics. With over 20 years of experience in building some of the world's best-selling beauty brands, Ron's story is one you have to hear. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Ron Robinson. He's a veteran cosmetic chemist and founder and CEO of the beauty insider agency, BeautyStat, when he launched 10 years prior to creating his own brand, BeautyStat Cosmetics. With over 20 years of experience innovating best-selling beauty products for some of the biggest global brands, including the likes of Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, Avon Clinique, and Revlon, Ron was one of the first to recognize the need for online beauty content and insider expertise with BeautyStat. I love that he didn't intend on launching his own beauty brand later on. After all, the need for beauty stat demonstrated just how many products were already out there. But the instant cult status of the brand's vitamin C serum shows that Ron Robinson knows what he's doing when it comes to creating beauty products. So Ron, thank you so much for being with us today. Akash, thank you so much for having me. I'm so super excited to be here with you today. So I asked my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Ron? Who is Ron? Ron is a focused, determined, passionate entrepreneur. I love that. So, I mean, did you uh, always have this vision of being an entrepreneur, uh, creating potentially your own brand? So tell me a bit about like kind of what young Ron's kind of goals were growing up. Yeah, it's a great question. I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I spent many years working for a lot of big companies that you mentioned. And it wasn't until I, I noticed that I felt like I was responsible for developing a lot of products and cranking out new things all the time for all these brands that I worked for and felt that it was enough. Like I felt like it was burning out. And, you know, I started BDSAT as this online social platform in, during the rise of a lot of the original social networks, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I felt BeautyStat could be a community where consumers could gather around beauty and share with each other. So that's where I made the jump from working for big guys, big companies, to launching my own company, purely because of burnout. Had no intention of doing so. I thought it would be more of maybe I would just, I would just uh, become a, a corporate guy for the rest of my life. But it was really because yeah. of burnout, developing products, and, and really making a market really overcrowded and saturated. Couldn't agree. I, I completely understand. I mean, also going in a plethora of different brands, you get to see so many sides of the beauty industry. But I know, so you studied, was it biology, chemistry? That's correct, both. So you're like, in this, so I, I'm, the, I'm the complete part of the, the, the final period. I'm physics and maths, so yeah. that's me. Yeah. So, um, but what was it like kind of transitioning from, I think, you know, studying science to 
kind of translating that into obviously the product development side into the beauty world because your first uh, stint in the in the industry in your maker was your Estee Lauder job correct that's correct and, and what happened then is that I you know grew up in, in a family where there was only two respected professions mm. you either became a doctor or, or a lawyer <laughs> again and so I I guess I leaned towards to doing better in sciences so I studied biology and chemistry with the goal of you know, doing pre-med and becoming a doctor. So I didn't know what else I wanted to do with my life. So I, you know, I, I respected my parents' wishes. My mom really wanted me to become a doctor. I went to med school and I hated it. I realized it was not for me and I dropped out, moved back home with my parents and my mom was you know, most of all, very, very disappointed in that. And I had no, no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I started sending out resumes and Estee Lauder's clinic division called me in for an interview. So I, I had no idea that there was this world of science and chemistry behind the development of, of cosmetics and skincare. I had a great interview. They hired me on the spot. And that's how I fell in love and fell into this industry called beauty and started my first job as a cosmetic chemist with the Clinique division of the Estee Lauder companies. That is amazing. I mean, I, uh, definitely, um, I'm not going to pile myself up to your incredible experience. I was an intern then, and then a social media manager. But my first job after my science engineering degree was Estee Lauder. Um, yeah. And, you know, come, I was working for Aveda and, you know, coming into conglomerate, especially the beauty industry, it's quite a, it's quite, it's a very exciting um, time because you see like a whole big company and then you start but also it's a it's an exciting moment to see that transition which you don't really often see in in education of how it can be applied all the learning so like for example um how your you know your chemistry and everything could be worked into beauty products right so what was it like working for the for a a conglomerate and b um you know did you instantly just say okay i I think beauty industry is for me yeah it was i I think it really captured what really interested me, which was mm. the science, but also the creativity. And also yeah. keep in mind, when you, when you think about being in the lab, I'm mixing ingredients to make a cosmetic product. There's a lot of cooking and baking involved where I have to mix things together and test things out. And different formulas might be different. And it's basically just testing and testing and testing. So that's what I really loved about it. There was a, a real blend of art and science and that's what really compelled me to, to just really fall in fall in love with this industry and make it my lifelong career. So, I mean, you've had an incredible stint of different companies. So if you could like um, summarize how, you know, from S. Lauder to Lancome to Revlon to Avon, like how did that journey happen? Just just act, just being in, in, in the industry, arriving at a time where there's just tremendous growth. Yeah. You know, and by the way, I always like to tell people that I started in the industry before the internet, before Google. So this is 1990. We did not have Google. So, so basically, my my learning and hearing from the consumer was basically done through focus groups, or actually standing out in the in a shopping mall and and with a clipboard and actually taking notes, stopping consumers and saying, "Hey, do you have a minute?" I, you know, I'd love to give you $5 or a gift card if you could just tell me, mm. you know, answer some questions to me about beauty and what you're looking for, what products you're using, what you like or don't like about them. And that's how we learned 
about what the consumer wanted. That's how, that's how long ago. So a lot has changed with, with online and being able to online, doing online surveys and yep. social media and being able to connect with consumers virtually. You know, that was, that's the big evolution in being able to communicate and understand what the consumer is looking for. So that's, that's how long I've been in this industry, and it's great to see this evolution. And I think what, what we're doing here, what I'm doing here with BeautySat is just mm. tapping into the consumer, understanding what he or she wants, doesn't want, is looking for, and trying to find products that are that's going to really meet their needs. Exactly. So, so I mean, BeautySat, 2008, was founded. But um, I would love to know, was it founded in, in, you know, in Ron's brain, a bit before that and did he start working on it while you're currently at Avon and stuff or was it like um an idea that came quite instantly I would love to know it, it was it, it was again I, it, I never had the intention of becoming an entrepreneur it was only after working for so many big companies and then feeling the pressure to constantly come up with a new fantastic product idea that I felt like hey we need to step back I need to find a way to talk to the consumer learn about what she's looking for, help guide her to shop products in a better way using my expertise. And that's what made me form BeautyStat, which was this online community and social agency where consumers could connect with each other. And then I would monetize that by brands allowing, being able to tap into that consumer community and learn from them. Uh, and did you, like the name itself, whether it's the URL for the website even, was it um, a quite a hard process to find the name? Did you have a little different iterations? Well, I, I knew I wanted the word beauty in, in the name of, uh, of the brand. And it was just uh, testing and just, you know, coming up with variations of or what type of, what else could we add around beauty? And beauty stat seemed to just really resonate. With me, it, it, it sounded interesting. Obviously, the domain was available globally, and 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 we thought it was just really interesting. And, and people still to this day ask me, does it mean statistic? Does it mean fast? Stat meaning fast, like we need that stat. And it it really doesn't mean anything. It could mean whatever whatever you want. But what's interesting now is that as we're a growing brand, you know, moving from this cult status to now becoming more mainstream. It, you know, really does, it just means, I think it just means, or what I'd like it to mean is that, hey, we are a brand, you know, developed by a cosmetic chemist and we're about high performance skincare products. I love that. No, that and it's so true. So um, Beauty Stat, you reached over 20 million consumers as an influencer platform. Yes, yes. That's incredible. I mean, what were some of the highlights and some of the, I guess, um, for you, just moments you had to take yourself back on that journey and be like, wow, we've got these clients or we did this kind of features. Like, what were some of the highlights for you? So, so as, as you know, so start cosmetic chemists working for a lot of beauty brands launched yep. BeautyStat as this blog and social media agency with this 20 million consumer reach and then came full circle with launching my own brand based on the data and insights that I learned from this consumer database that we had. So the highlights back when we were this blog and agency were the fact that a lot of outlets, news outlets, Women's Wear Daily, CEW, New York Times were reaching out to us. Hey, hey, Ron, we're looking for stat consumer statistics on what consumers are doing or looking for in beauty products. So we were actually quoted 
in terms of the data that we were able to, to accumulate, and that was leveraged by other media outlets. So those are some of the key highlights in my agency you know, beauty platform days. So I'm thr- thrilled and excited about that. And as I said, those insights helped us in creating our own skincare brand called Beauty Stack Cosmetics. So tell us about Beauty Stack Cosmetics. Paint a picture for our audience who are new about some of the, the products and just the mission behind it. Yes. Yeah, so again, did not plan on starting my own brand until our data showed consumers love vitamin C. Yeah. They love that ingredient. They understand that it's going to do a lot of great things for their skin. But the downside is that it's notoriously unstable. That means it may oxidize, it may turn brown, the products may start smelling weird and funny. And I felt if we could solve that problem, that would be a, that would be a reason, a real reason to launch a brand or a new product because there's a big need, there's a big gap in the marketplace. Mm. So me and my cosmetic chemist uh, colleagues spent a few years trying to find a way to stabilize pure vitamin C. Yep in a very elegant feeling product with great clinical testing results. And after we achieved that, I decided it's time. This is warranted. Yes, the market is crowded, but this product, if we could launch this product, this would really satisfy and deliver the needs that a lot of consumers are having out there. So that prompted me to launch the brand Beauty Set Cosmetics with a star vitamin C serum. We launched three years ago direct-to-consumer, and has slowly built out a brand that's now available nationwide at Ulta Beauty. So that's kind of been the, the journey in three years of just building, slowly but surely building this brand into now a fully distributed brand across the country at Ulta Beauty. That's incredible. I mean, any tips for anyone interested in you know going to Ulta? What was your journey and kind of like how that organically happened? Like I always say, like for Fable and Maine, we linked in message uh, one of the like merchants uh, with the with the concept, and I'm not saying that always works. They get inundated. They get like sometimes 150 brands a day, right? So I think also timing is is we were this was many four years ago, and you know we came the right moment, right time. Maybe they just happened to be checking LinkedIn. Maybe they just happened to be looking for a brand like that. Like we don't know, but a LinkedIn message is powerful. What was your kind of process? <laughs> yeah, the, the process the process was was really to launch the brand direct to consumer and build up a database of users that were loyal, that were coming back to build up our social channels to show that we have this engaged community of consumers and to show the retailers, if we wanted to go to retail and we decided, you know, halfway through, hey, it's, it's time for us to now, re, you know, go into retail. A lot of the retailers came to us. They saw that we were, we were growing in buzz. We were starting to get awards and recognized by the press. Yes. And a lot of those retailers, instead of us having to look for them on LinkedIn, they were coming to us. Which is actually the best. That's the the best best way. Then you can negotiate your terms. And I I think also, you also can be more prepared for it too. So I think that's a really important factor is like, you can really launch at any stage. And sometimes being a bit patient waiting can be better. Because, you know, sometimes growing your first community, learning, you know, what does your community want? And only that relationship. It's, it's some, like, you know, we launched day one in Sephora and it was hard for us to like kind of prioritize E2C because you have this beast of an engine with 500 doors being like, 
nurture me and you're like oh okay i got to spend my budget pretty much there um and i know you won an allure award 2021 correct was that we did we did we won a best of beauty for eye cream which is huge our 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 star vitamin c serum has has won awards from women's health and from shape magazine uh, women's wear daily so we've we've been all of our products have won awards so we're super thrilled about that 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 the editor's and consumers alike are recognizing that our products are high-performing, no-nonsense, yeah. science-backed products. I mean, silly question, but I mean, you you are the one creating all the products, correct? I don't. I, I am, and I, I've since built out a team that's also helping me in the development of the product. So fantastic! I, I'm actually yeah, you need to now that yeah, yeah I, now that I'm, I'm so I, I am in the lab uh, sometimes, but I have my team in there full time helping me to formulate Amazing. and develop the future products for our, for our brand. I mean, that, what, that must feel so incredible. It's like having worked on product development for other brands to create your own brand and have your own babies, literally, win awards and be loved by so many. And I went on your website and I saw all the reviews and you can't find any negative ones. And it's quite rare to see that. It's for, you know, people really do resonate with them. So that must be so like heartwarming. It is, Akash. I have to say, you know, when I started in this business, I was working and developing those babies for other brands. Yeah. And now I'm getting to do so for my own. And it is very rewarding and satisfying seeing something that I conceived, formulated, and now is in the marketplace being enjoyed and really delivering results and and changing people's skins. And and that, that, that reminds me of what motivates me, what gets me up every day to get back on the grind and get, you know, working to build and grow the business is the feedback we get from consumers. Mm. I get emails every day or direct messages on Instagram, consumers saying, Ron or beauty stat, this product has changed my skin. I don't have to wear makeup any longer. I, 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 I feel so much more confident. And that is what drives me. It's, it's, it's an energy that I get that is just, it's just incredible. And that's what, keeps me going and it makes me want to develop the next great product and make sure that the next consumer is seeing a change and really seeing a difference in his or her skin. So that's what drives me and motivates me. And you know what I love about that is, is like you hear a lot about the saturation of beauty and of there's so many brands, we don't need more and stuff. But when you hear those personal stories, whether it's one, 10, hundreds, whatever, saying that this product is now a staple in their in their routine it's changed their life i mean sometimes you hear those words but honestly it does mean a lot to a lot of people i kind of always say to people and myself like well that's why you know don't be discouraged to create something because everyone thinks there's too much like if you're hitting and you know you're adding value that's you know that's your driving force um and and also you know it keeps you also innovating it keeps you finding uh, you know you have to obviously yeah we have to look at the landscape right we know there is a lot of products out there so you have to find ways to make sure your your products speak to people and last with people um but that's also by listening and i think you've got the perfect both because you have the kind of the, the the platform from the past where you know you had this you had all the data in a way. You then also had all of the, the brand experience um, and the know-how for creating for them. So yeah, when I read your story, I was like, wow, like, it's kind of like, I'm sure it didn't, and as you said this at the beginning, an accidental entrepreneur, but you were, you've been building the puzzle without seeing the final piece, right? Like the final, like what it looks like. 
but everything has been slotting in and making sense, which is pretty cool. It was fortunate that I kind of, you know, had this full circle mm. uh, moment, but I want to get back to one thing you said about data and, you know, a lot of, entre- a lot of entrepreneurs, they reach out to me and ask me my input on their ideas. Mm. And as you said, it's a, it's a very crowded market. And I always ask them, what makes your product unique and different? Do you have any data to show that your idea is needed? Is it a market fit? Is it relevant? And I, you know, I push back and I, and I really ask them to go through that exercise of doing surveys, asking and getting real honest feedback on whether their concept is, is strong, unique, and scalable. And that's what I recommend. And that's the advice I give to all entrepreneurs. that want to go down this road of, you mentioned loneliness, that this road can be lonely and tough. It is. And I think having a strong point of difference, a strong need is going to set you up for a success in this very crowded, saturated market of beauty that we're in. Exactly. It's so true. It's, it's, I couldn't say it better myself. So I do want to kind of go a little bit into the pandemic because that was a, a big chunk of you know, the business growth. And even for both of us, when our brands are, are fairly new, um, you know, the pandemic is quite, so like this, like two years, like, poof. but it had a lot of opportunities, as we know, <laughs> like we were able to focus and reach consumers on digital. And, you know, it was, I, you know, I actually think it was pretty good for the business side. I wasn't gallivanting around the world, you know, being not focused, but, um, right. but what was it like for you, the pandemic? And you know, why, did you have to grow a team remotely? Just what was the experience? We started the, this business you know, with my savings. So we were pretty scrappy to start. So we had to work virtually. We couldn't afford any, any office space. And of course, we were also this, a, a digital first brand. So we saw this you know, rise in sales. Fortunately, we were working with an ingredient star product with vitamin C that was consumers were searching for is one of the top searched skincare ingredients. And we benefited from a lot of consumers needing or reevaluating self-care and looking for ingredients that, are, that were going to be good for them, for their skin, as well as in, uh, through ingestion. And we benefited tremendously through the pandemic and consumers wanting to care for themselves more so, you know, while they were at home. So I think, you know, we, we had to lean in and creating, creating our, our content that really focused and, and, and tailored to consumers that were, that were spending more time at home and we really benefited, benefited through it. And then as we're coming out of this pandemic, we've been, we, uh, we also looked at, you know, branching out to other channels like retail, to help really become this big, bigger omni-channel brand. And I wanted to talk about retail and a lot of, um, a lot of people building brands, it can be quite scary and daunting going to retail. Um, but at the same time, we know it's a, it's a sort of an inevitable next step to just see the growth because as DJC can be quite, you know, is very expensive to grow and, um, you do need to reach other channels and reach more consumers. Uh, I read on, on a glossy, the podcast with Priya and stuff, like I saw, like when you went into Ulta, I don't know if it was exactly correlated, but you saw like a 40% increase for last year um, in the business. And would you say, generally speaking, like uh, being going into retail has been a game changer for you now with Beauty Stack Cosmetics? Absolutely. It's probably luck because again, we started out, we were a pure play digital brand that 
only in, in a year and a half ago did we really go into retail in any significant way. We must have seen or felt in, a, in our gut that we needed to be an omni-channel brand. So I think it was really, really, really luck that we've done so. And you, know, you mentioned about how do you focus on both. We've been able to focus and try to develop uh, both of it. And I think that comes from you know, building a team that's seriously focused, some on the wholesale retail side and those on the digital side, and making sure we, we give them the, the, the assets and the, everything that they need to help succeed on both sides. Digital is definitely, it's, it's a crazy world right now. It's high media costs. It's very expensive to play. And we're looking at diversifying our spend on, on various platforms to try to maximize it. But of course, to offset that is trying to work on our wholesale retail distribution, specifically at Alta Beauty, in order to keep the company growing. And how was that moment when, I, I mean, it's not a moment, it's, it's been a quite a long time. I've seen loads of different articles about Hayley Bieber's Holy Grail. That's pretty epic. Did that, um, I mean, did, does that translate into like huge traffic and a lot of business opportunity as well, having that celebrity kind of just validation, right, of loving the products organically? Absolutely. I think, you know, what happened is that Haley reached out to me, I guess it's about two years ago. She was looking at developing her own line and, and was looking for a cosmetic chemist to help her in formulating and coming up with the, the concept for the brand. I was, you know, very honored and, 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 and flattered about that. So I said, look, Haley, would love to help you. Would love to see if you could, you know, if you like my products, if you could help support me as well. So, she ended up loving our vitamin C serum and was generous enough to go to the press and, and, and show everyone you know, that we were her favorite. So, yes, we did see a uh, spike in sales. We're still seeing that lift uh, from her support. And I hear her line is doing really well <laughs> as well. So yeah. I'm glad to have, I'm glad to be a it's part a win -win. of that. <laughs> it's yes. a great, yeah. It's... Definitely, definitely a win-win. So it's, we both uh, really benefited from from helping and supporting each other. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's, that's exactly my whole thing. More collaboration, less competition. And I think uh, this industry, when it comes together, so much more magic can happen by just, um, yeah, like uh, sharing and collaborating and knowing who has the, the right skill sets that you might need, you know, because we can't do everything. And exactly like, you know, she definitely saw the value in what you had. Um, and, and I mean, who wouldn't? So it made perfect sense. So and I'm really glad she did reach out to you because that also shows, you know, she had that um, thought process from day one of she wanted to create and Road is phenomenal. You know, I love the products and how she wanted to create this brand with such authenticity and integrity. So that's good. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, so now in terms of like the future, I mean, obviously don't share so much, but like what you can share, like where, where is Beauty Stack Cosmetics heading to you? Is it going to stay within skin? Do you think you'll expand to other categories or just see what the community wants? I think it's, it's you know, we always go back to the consumer. Right now the consumer wants, she wants more from us in skincare. So I think we have, we have some more things that we have planned there things that, that, you know, we were about answering and closing need gaps. The consumer has, has more needs that we need to fill. So we have products that to, 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 uh, to deliver and launch that solve those problems. And I think right now, my business focus is make, making sure that we do really well at Alta and grow with them. They're a fantastic partner for us. 
Uh, they are making, helping to make us more, you know, bust out of this cult following brand into becoming this more of a mainstream, well-known brand. That's, that's my goal for the brand. And we want to build that partnership with Ulta Beauty to help us get there. And, and I think that's such an important thing you said is about kind of, you can make steps, but you have to also think about focusing on what's, you know, and, and do things right by each decision you make. Um, yeah. It's sort of like, and, and even like uh, smart growth, I mean, which can sometimes be slow growth, could sometimes be fast growth, depends on the company's mission and, and whatever. But smart growth is so important. I think people are focused on just growth, growth, growth. Um, like I, I even tell my merchants, like, uh, like for me, I'm a young entrepreneur, I could spend put a lot more money I could, I could get a thousand percent increase if you want me to but I don't want that you know like I I need to learn every part of the business I don't need to outsource everything I need to see what's sticking listen to the community um so I might not be as productive or competitive as a shelf above me right in store but I'm growing I'm above target and I'm going to continue growing but smartly um and it's hard sometimes to tell you know to tell your merchants I'm so glad you said that that is so so key because I think a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of D to C brands specifically that have been focused on more top line growth and, you know, buying, buying that customer and showing, you know, double digits, but smart growth is the profitable growth. And I think if you could be slow, slow, steady and profitable, much more attractive business than just top line and, and bleeding money. So definitely a thousand percent agree. And, and, you know, as founders or, you know, whoever, wherever, wherever you are in the company, just mentally, it can be very taxing because you're just always yeah. like, you're not doing enough if you think just top line, like very, very fast. Because you're, then you're just a ranking, you're just a number and it becomes an Olympic sport. And, you know, we're not creating Olympic sports here. You know, we're, we're, we're really just creating brands for consumers to enjoy love and, and legacy brands, hopefully. Right. Um, yeah. and that, you know, no legacy brand was ever created. I, I tell my team and stuff, I say, you didn't have, I used to work in Dior and this stuff. They want Christian Dior didn't create Dior to be the biggest company in business back then. He built it out of love. And so I think that's really important just to remember smart growth, smart growth and, and what's relevant for you and, and the resources you have and also what's right for you at the moment. I think it's very, very important. Absolutely agree. Um, so that's something I, I try and I, and I have to, you know, I have a lot of different guests and I've had, I have 200 founders confirmed. I've, I've recorded over a hundred something episodes. You know, I see a lot of different brands that are like, and it's all very relevant. Some are just want to look for the exit in a year or two. And they're just like, I need to get as much revenue to get the biggest valuation and then leave. That's valid. That's valid. I see brands just starting and are figuring it out. And then I see brands that are like, like Anastasia Beverly Hills, like, you know, been, you know, nearly 20 years in the business, but wants to pass it down to a daughter. Um, and I think I've heard so many stories that even me, I'm looking at Fable and Maiden. I'm like, I don't know what I want yet. Like, I'm still just in the beginning of it. I don't think I should have it figured out. Um, so smart growth is the only way just to keep on sustaining what I'm doing. And then I'll figure it out. Maybe in five years, I'll sell. Maybe in five years, I'll continue growing it and I'll pass it down to my children. I don't know. Um, but that's important just to not have it all figured out. It's okay. But yeah, just know your morals. Yeah, and for sure. Where to go. For that's sure. very, very important. But I would love to also ask you just, you know, um, personally, like as a founder, as Ron, 
did you do you have any like like rituals that keep you or routines that keep you grounded and motivated as a founder maybe something you've adopted during the pandemic that you've stuck with definitely i think i think you know i'm very focused driven and i think one of the things that has really helped me and it's something that i've done for many years is i'm an early early riser hmm. i'm up at 4 a.m every day i'm at the gym by 5 30 a.m every day wow so i love the mornings it helps set me up for the day. Yep. I, I, I've been into training and, and, and working out for, for many, many years now. And it keeps me grounded, keeps me focused. It keeps my, my mind clear. I love mornings, not only to work out, but I even focus my mornings on my tougher meetings, my meetings that require a lot of, a lot of problem solving and thinking, or even maybe even taxing. I, so, I keep those in the morning because I'm a morning person. And then I keep my lighter meetings towards the, the end of the day, or I make sure that I get out and see people and meet in person by the end of the day. And that gives me another, another you know, um, boost of energy. So that's how I kind of tailor my day. And it's around, I start the day again with fitness and that's what helps keep me. That's amazing engaged mm. and also and, and also really just um uh, really f- more focused and grounded to get my day started and, and and i'm sure just in a good mood as well like you know if you did your you invested in your in yourself in your body in the, mo- in, the in the morning especially there's no excuse then the rest of the day is like okay like i've had a productive day i feel good you know the rest yeah. is kind of like even a bonus um and i and i get that I, i'm just a really i'm just like not consistent like there's periods in my life where i'm like uh, like say for every day i would be like okay i'm going to the gym in the morning i feel good okay don't go i'll be upset and then there's periods in my life where I like two months where i'm like eating out not gymming and it's easy to get out of that slug in and out so do you have any tips many for me um of like I mean, I think the obvious one would be like sleeping early, don't sleep too late. But like, how do I make, like, you must get mornings where you're like, I don't want to go to the gym, but you still go, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I, I, I oh, you love don't. It and I, I, <laughs> you I love don't. it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I go and I go every morning. So I probably, wow. probably the work, the, I'm definitely the extreme there. But I think my advice to those, I just gave this advice mm. yesterday to, to, to a friend of mine. I said, do it in the morning and do something, do something active in the morning before you start your day, whether that's walking just for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And that's the way to get started and make it, try to make it a habit. Even if you don't, you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to do weights, do something walking. You mentioned the pandemic walking was, you know, when the gyms were closed, I have to then, you know, scramble around and get weight, get dumbbells and, and, and benches and set, et cetera trying to get those to try to get my own home gym started. And I developed mm. this love of walking. And that's mm. something that I also do. So if I don't go to the gym, I make sure that I go for a long walk. And I make, you know, and I make it, make it more of a power walk so I can get my the blood flowing and my mind just gets more clear, more clear. And that's what I recommend to anyone who wants to ease back in or not f- totally fall off the wagon. Just make sure you do something physical in the morning before you start your day. And it could be as simple as walking. That's great advice. That's actually, yeah. And I think that's, um, I think like just making sure, even if you have the luxury of choosing your calendar, like even like starting your meetings a bit later, just giving yourself a bit more breathing room in the morning. Um, I think it's crucial. That's why I'm actually going to start telling my team, like no meetings till X, you know? So if I know I wake up a bit late, give myself more time in the morning. 
entrepreneurs, we're, con- we're giving constantly. We need something for ourselves. And take, take that time in the morning for yourself. Because you, you talk about burnout in the past. And stuff. Like, you know, I, I, especially as a, as a founder of a brand, I just have many burnouts regularly. Um, I, I don't know if it's like, it's like proper burnouts or like micro, I don't know, you know, in my mind they are. It's just I get fatigued, I overwork, and then I'm like, I need a break but then I get back into it because I love what we're doing. So yeah. it's like a, it's like a drug that's very dangerous because it's like you love it, but you know, it's like not healthy because you do all the things wrong. You just will work. And if you have an email to send at 1am, you'll do it because you just want to get it done, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and there is, I'm, I'm sure you had that change from going from corporate to your own brand that the sense of nine to five thirty, which I mean, often isn't always the case anyway in corporate, but usually, you don't ever turn off, right? You, you, it's hard to, so you have to put those things in place like going to the gym or going for a walk to just give yourself that break to not really think about work too much. It's one of the toughest things that we have to do as entrepreneurs is make time for ourselves. And it's so, it's so important because you can't, you can't give, give, give yeah. unless, you get, unless you get something back. You have to make that time for yourself so that you can replenish. Exactly. Couldn't say it better myself. That's it. So we're going to go to fire round questions. But before that, I have a desert island situation. So you're invited to a founded beauty retreat, Ron, but you're, I'm, I'm being really strict. And I'm saying, fortunately, you can only bring, well, it's not me, it's TSA. They're saying you can only bring one product review. What is your one go-to beauty stack cosmetics product? Oh, for my, oh, it could be my product. Your product. Only one from you. It could be one of my products. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be my, my beauty stack universal C vitamin C serum. That's a, that's a star yeah. vitamin C serum. That's one of the best sellers. This is a must have. It's changed my skin. And I love the fact that a lot of, it's con- changing a lot of consumers skin out there. So that's my go-to. Amazing. That's so cool. Um, I love it. I love it when like, there's like a, hero product that um you know all the products are going to be great but having that one hero product is that kind of halo effect just getting that brand yes. loyalty yes. and then yep. and, and, and it's not easy to have a hero product you know because um yeah but when you do yeah you gotta it's it's an exciting moment I mean, when i was at dior it was like jador or now it's sauvage i guess yeah. it was our hero and then everyone was like that's our solace that's our son yeah. the solar system goes around that and it was like and it, yeah and it's true um so fire on question, first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? It could be in any vertical. Another brand that I'm loving. Mm. Oh, Byredo. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Byredo, oh, yeah. fra- fra- fragrances mm. scent. Fragrance. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful brand. And that's, a, that's another case. That was, that was I, I got to meet the founder oh, yeah. at a WWD conference over, over, the, over the summer. And you think that this was an overnight success. 17 years mm. working on build, mm-hmm. building, building that brand. And it's a beautiful brand. And that's, 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 that's the goal. That's, goal. That's, that's what we go back to when you talked about smart growth. That was smart growth, growing that business that way. And the right time, when to know, when to partner with her. A conglomerate, you know, at the not, not so early on for the right time for him as well. And, uh, and now yeah. look at Byredo today. It's, it's phenomenal. Love yeah. that. Next question is what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Uh, fr- Friday evening drinks with my friends. Love that. That's a guilty pleasure. What's your go-to drink? Just, I'm adding this question in, but I just want to say. <laughs> my go-to drink. Okay, wine, it's, champagne. It's wine. <laughs> And it's seasonal, so it's so so white white or rosé in the summer, red in the when it's cold winter. Oh, yeah, 
I, I'm an Aperol spritz, but at the same time, I really <laughs> do enjoy a good wine. Also because I've done a lot of wine tasting recently. So I've got a really, like, I mean, especially when I was in LVMH, I mean, they, I got to go to a lot of the main, you know, well, mainly champagne, but I got to go to see a lot of the kind of really good, like wine tasters, like tours of the vineyards and stuff. And you just really appreciate wine when you really see how it's made and the vintages and you start also tasting the different tannins. So yeah, I started to really appreciate it. It's like coffee. It grew on me. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's another, I, I that's another trip. If, if, if one trip that I need to, I need, I want to go back to wine country. So that's another thing I'm looking at yeah. doing next year, the year after. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw in the pandemic, all these virtual wine tasting, but it's not the same. It's better to have a sommelier no. be there, experience Absolutely. it in the outdoor terrace of the vineyards. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's none like other. Um, next question is, what are you currently watching or reading? Yes, I am watching this HBO series called White Lotus. Yeah, HBO Max, really it's things. a series. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. On, I'm, on, I'm on episode three. It's so good. Oh, amazing. It's yeah, so I've heard good. really good things it, about it. it. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's about, it's about these folks, a bunch of stranger, strangers all meeting together on this uh, exotic hotel called White Lotus, and a story unwinds there, and I'm just in the middle of it, so that's what I'm watching now. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite social media platform right now? Uh, it's TikTok. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty addictive. Are you addicted to it already? I mean, I'm, I'm, is it? Well, it's, uh, it's honored <laughs> because I'm very fascinated by the community. Not that I love to click through and spend a lot of time, but I'm definitely interested in in testing it for my brand BD stat and seeing what, yeah. what creators are doing with content on the, on our, with content about our brand on that platform. Um, I, I know it can be so it's actually so it can be one of the largest drivers of revenue if done right for brands today. If so done right. Certainly if if done right. Yeah. If done right. So we're definitely looking at testing and seeing what's working there. Yeah, absolutely. My, my last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would Ron be doing right now? I mean, or a chemist, let's say. If you, if you want a product developer, a chemist, be entrepreneur, what would you be doing? I'd be doing something in the arts. I think I, I have a, a, a deep respect for artists. And maybe, you know, I, talk, I talked about why I, like being a, why I like being a cosmetic chemist as a blend of art and Creativity. Science. Yeah, exactly. Create, yeah. Creativity. And I think that's what that would be my default. I would do something in the, in the arts, something that's, that's creative, totally passion. It would have nothing to do about making money. It would just be the love mm. of art and creation. It's so funny. I think that's where we're really similar it's because like I, I just good at math and physics and science. And I just, that's like a, and you know, that's a career path that usually you would be encouraged to do so. But I was like very much um, into art, music, theater, like growing up, I was so pretty creative. I used to paint every night and I wanted to do art at university. Well, I got my A-levels, uh, which is like when you're 15, 16. Um, and then my school was like, nope, you're doing economics. You can't do art. So I was like, okay. Um, so my path was kind of chosen for me, but I ended up like needing that yearn for creativity. So like I would go to my labs until like 6 p.m. And then I would go to the studio and record or go painting. Um, so that's actually why I found so much love and beauty because it's like I really do blend my knowledge of data, maths, numbers, business. Plus, it's a, the, one of the most creative 
industries in the world. Um, so I can completely understand why, yeah, we have that very similarity. I love that. No, it's that, it's that right brain, left brain. And I think, you know, we, we have both. Exactly. But, I, but, I, but again, the art piece, there's no, there's no pressure. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be logical or make sense. It's just what you exactly. love. Exactly, it's and passion. Yeah, it is. yeah, passion. That's it. Um, well, no, Ron, it's been such a pleasure having you in the pod. We're going to meet in person very soon. Absolutely, um, well. But, you know, um, and, but in the meantime, where can everyone follow you and Beauty Stat? cosmetics and the brand of course yeah follow us on social at beauty step on all social platforms and please follow me on instagram i'm i'm at ron robinson cosmetic chemist uh, i've just followed you as well so we're now connected and um i will we'll, we'll stay uh, i'll put all the links in the in the summary below and, and to our next meeting we'll have a, a wine and uh, we'll catch up in person very soon i'm excited akash thank you so much for having me today appreciate it hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. <laughs>